something clicked in me at that point that I wanted to write down all these memories before they were really gone. Are you a mom with a story to tell but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums write. Hey mums, it's Jackie. We have been talking for almost a year now, can you believe it? And two of the biggest challenges that I hear from writing moms are one, finding the time to write, and two, getting visibility for your book once it's written. Today's guest shares some very simple but effective advice on how to overcome both of these. Sarah Diane Mueller is the international best-selling author of three novels, including Home in a Hundred Places, a historical fiction novel based on her father's life as an Egyptian spy and his struggle with Alzheimer's. She is also a mom, and in today's show, Sarah shares how she managed to write this novel in a relatively short amount of time and her tips for getting readers invested in it. Please welcome Sarah Diane Mueller. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. So I have so many questions for you today. But I wanted to start with what are you most excited about right now? Just the momentum that I've got going with my latest book, Home in 100 Places. Um, I feel like people have been, you know, finding it somehow on the internet, which is amazing. Um, and just like getting feedback from them, um, which has been pretty cool. And then um, I'm also working on a couple of new projects coming up, which I've been writing currently, which I've been really into as well. Um, I have a psychological thriller novel, which is about 75% done. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's fun. I love how you are you know, jumping through different genres. That was kind of by accident, actually. I never... I never really intended to stick in one genre, but I also never intended to bounce around so much, but I'm having fun with it. And it's, it's nice to like learn about the different aspects of different genres. Totally. You're playing, you know, and playing yeah. is so important. <laughs> so you've written um, two books before Home in a Hundred Places. Is that right? Uh, one book. I have oh, two books in total. Two yes. books in total. Okay. So yeah. But Home in 100 Places, it's really taken off. Why do you think it has gotten this great visibility? Because, you know, there's lots of books out there. Yeah, so um, the whole premise of Home in 100 Places is about a Jewish-Egyptian spy who um, eventually escapes, you know, life of espionage, travels around the world, but then um, loses his memories to Alzheimer's disease. And it's based on the true story of my dad's life. So I think that there's so many different components about his story um, that could resonate with people. Of course, like the travel aspect of it, uh, because the, the story takes place all around the world. I want to say almost every chapter is a different country or a different city. So I feel like people who love to travel might be really into this book because it takes place in so many different locations. There's also cultural aspect of it, too. Um, because he comes from a Jewish Egyptian background, 
which people from the Jewish faith might understand a lot of the things that I touched upon in the story. And it also is a story about family and always feeling at home no matter where you are as long as with your family. So I think there's just so many different aspects of it that could that people could relate to, as well as like the Alzheimer's disease part of it. I've gotten feedback from some people who read the book who had family members who went through the same thing, so they could definitely relate to it. So I think there's just a little, I would say a little bit for everybody in this story. Yeah. Tell me more about that feedback. Um, so far, luckily, it's been really good. I feel like people really got to know my dad's character through this story. Some people have gotten, given me feedback about how cool it's been to like, see his travels through his eyes and um, really experience like being there. Recently, I had some readers who I talked to specifically about the Alzheimer's disease component of it, who's, who were, you know, thankful that something like that was written um, and how like some of the details were very, you know, spot on and they had never read anything like that before. So for mm -hmm. them, it was comforting to see that other people had gone through that same kind of experience. If you know somebody with dementia or Alzheimer's disease, it can feel like an isolating, lonely kind of time, you know, being a caregiver or, you know, just having a family member with it. So for them, it was nice to read a story where somebody else went through it and it was like the same experience. So. Yeah, so luckily, so far, the feedback has been really good, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that must be such a great experience to get those comments about people seeing themselves in your book. Yeah, it definitely is. It's really nice. And what inspired you? So, I mean, you've, you've touched on your, your father, obviously, the family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you tell us more about, like, the journey? So you wrote your first book, which... I think is, is it like a rom-com woman finding their, themselves? I wasn't sure what the genre was. Uh, it's uh, more like contemporary fiction, literary fiction. Okay. Um, yeah, the first book I wrote, it's called Greater Than the Still. Uh, it came out years ago, I wanna say like 2014. And then I took a really long break. <laughs> I, I was still writing in between, but I didn't, I had so many things going on in terms of like moving, getting married, having my son, so you know, definitely didn't focus on publishing at that point. But yeah, that story is totally different from Home in 100 Places. That one is more inspired by my life, like growing up in New York City, just about the different types of lives you like cross in New York. Um, and it's about one main character. Her name is Juliet, who's kind of at a crossroads with her career. Um, and it takes place, the whole book takes place in one day. Um, and each chapter is uh, the viewpoint of somebody else that she crosses paths with. So uh, you get to learn about her through the viewpoint of other people. Uh, so that could mean, you know, the viewpoint of her boyfriend or the viewpoint of a stranger on the train, you know, the variety of New Yorkers that you could find in a day. So yeah, that was the first book that I wrote. And that one was definitely inspired by New York itself, which I wanted to like, showcase in the book as if it was its own character too. And then of course, my second book um, was definitely inspired by my dad's story and wanting, it was something that I've always wanted to write. Even my family has always like encouraged me to write it. Like since I was growing up, since they knew that I liked to write, I just never did it for whatever reason, I never did it. 
And then in the past couple of years, I decided, okay, now's the time to really try to do it. So I'm really happy that I did. I totally resonate with that. Stopping writing for a while. I definitely mm -hmm. had a hiatus of caused by, you know, yeah, kids and jobs and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so curious about, you know, that moment where, you know, the busy mom, many roles they have decides, you know, to have the courage and to get back to writing. Can you think about like what it was that got you back into the chair? Honestly, I feel like I never stopped writing. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't like a full length novel, I was still writing things. Um, so I feel like the inspiration to write never really fully left me. Um, in terms of writing this book, I definitely was inspired, I think, by what was happening at the time. So I started it kind of when the pandemic started. So of course, everybody was home, you know, a lot more time to like be at home on a computer writing. <laughs> but also at the time, my dad was going through some of the later stages of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So I think something clicked in me at that point that I wanted to write down all these memories before they were really gone. It was seriously one of those things where I just sat down and I wrote a page. I said, let me just write one page and see what happens. And then it took off from there and I couldn't stop. <laughs> oh, wow. You're, you're totally in the flow state. Yes. It's always really nice to be in that kind of stage too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, you know, a couple of things that you said, like that seeing your dad's, you know, medical condition sounds like it really made you aware of that fact of mm -hmm. you know, time slipping by, which I think is so easy for us to forget that it is but it is always slipping by for all of us so that's such a gift sometimes when something is acutely in front of you that reminds you to actually like okay it's now yeah and I, I try to think about that often i think like with my writing you know if i have a little bit of time i said let me just sit down and write even if i don't have anything in mind to write i just you know, go see what happens. Because it's true, you know, sometimes it feels like we have a lot of time, sometimes it feels like there's not enough minutes in the day. So whatever amount of time that we have to do something that we enjoy, I really try to, you know, take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that just seeing the, the Alzheimer's condition close up is, is like a, a real reminder of mm -hmm be present and do what you love yeah yeah that is very true mm -hmm. sounds like you really wrote a very brief amount of time so what happened next and then i had to figure it all out right i think a lot of writers get to that point of um they're so into writing the story and everything is going good and then you click publish and then you're like now what right um no i think i just really did a lot of research in terms of self-publishing. It's something that I'm still always constantly researching because it's always changing. I, you know, joined a bunch of like Facebook groups just to get like more feedback and learn from other people. Um, so a lot of like my self-publishing journey has been just constantly learning about marketing, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't in terms of like getting it out on social media, and seeing also like the things that I enjoy doing in terms of marketing versus the stuff that I really hate doing. I'm not going to push myself to do something that I completely hate to do in terms of that. I've seen that like just putting myself out there, you never know who you're going to connect with. You know, luckily I've 
been able to connect with some people like yourself on podcasts. Yeah, you never really know who you're going to be able to connect with, which is great. Now, looking back, like what some of the steps you took that you were surprised about, like, wow, that actually was was really great. I think um, in terms of like marketing, I never really thought of like using Facebook that much, but it actually has been one of the best tools that I've had in terms of like also connecting with people. I, I, I feel like on other types of platforms and at least in my experience, I don't have that same like back and forth connection with readers the way that I do on Facebook for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure other people have totally different journeys than I do, but I feel like just putting it out there in certain Facebook groups has really been helpful, um, which has been surprising to me. Oh, so that's a great tip. So like joining Facebook groups that you think are aligned with your book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And luckily, like, because this story has so many different components to it, Mm. I've been able to connect to like a bunch of different groups, like niche groups that would be interested in it. So um, it's kind of cool to see how that has actually played out. Yeah, you could Mm -hmm. see then really like the power of knowing like who what topics in this novel will attract be attractive or resonate with which communities Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah yeah you definitely have to it helped me definitely understand the reader that would be interested in this story Um, of course not everybody's going to be interested in this type of story but there are definitely people who are so it's really cool to you know kind of narrow it down and see who would be interested in it I love that because I think writing to a reader is so important, but I'm always like, how do you actually, I don't know, how do you find, how do you know who the reader is? So did you start out with that reader in mind? I didn't write it for anybody specific except for really myself um, and, and my family because I wanted to share it with them. And honestly, like while I was writing it, it wasn't anything that I had in mind to say like, oh, I need to reach you know, a certain amount of people need to read this. That wasn't Mm -hmm. the case. Um, It was later on when I started putting it out there that I kind of saw the type of person who was really into the story. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I don't think I was really too surprised with it. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback, definitely from women um, and probably in like their 30s and 40s, I would say. Yeah. Right. That that's mm-hmm. your reader. Yeah, I think so. Is there anything else about them? If you were to describe your reader, it might be a little bit broad. Like it's not just like somebody who specifically loves romance novels will only read romance novels or somebody who specifically reads like thrillers will only read that. I think this story, because it has so many different components to it, can bounce around to different people like you know, they might break out of their usual genre of reading to read this kind of story. Okay, so then maybe it's um, not as much one reader, but maybe you have a few different readers. Yeah, but I would say definitely like women in a certain age group, at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those comments that you get, they're primarily through um, the Facebook groups and like your author page kind of thing? Yeah. um, And now people, because it's kind of picked up some traction, people have been reaching out to me in different outlets too. Um, But I think it definitely did start with like from Facebook and then they're finding me on other, you know, 
through Instagram or emailing me or checking out my website, that kind of thing. And did you run um, like ads on Facebook or was it just through groups? Just through groups. I ran, I didn't know what I was doing. I ran an ad maybe for like a day or two and then I took it down because I didn't know what I was doing. But it definitely, yeah, I, the traction didn't come from ads. It came from just connecting with people on Facebook. Mm. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I think it's, it's cool because I think so many people underestimate the power of just reaching out to people and building like authentic relationships with them. Yeah. Versus like trying to sell products. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just storytelling, I think really, you know, gets people. I think a lot of self-published authors wouldn't know how to approach that relationship. So what, what does that look like for you? Um, for me, I think whenever I try to talk about this novel, I just talk about it honestly. I don't try to like sugarcoat anything or make it sound like super polished with how I speak mm -hmm. about it. It's just, it's my personal story. It's my family's personal story. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. So that's, I think, you know, being authentic, of course, is definitely um, something that people will appreciate, you know? Um, so I, I, I feel like my approach has not has been to not really have an approach. It's just how <laughs> I talk about it, you know, it's just how I feel about it. And I hope other others like feel the same way about it too. What about this journey? Or are you applying to your, your new psychological thriller project? Yeah, so um, that one I have not like started doing any type of marketing with, but knowing what I know now, I'm definitely gonna go into it in a different way than I would have maybe like two years ago or something. I think everything that I've learned so far will only like help me with future projects with how I treat them. What does that look like for you? Yeah, then? so I think um, with that, I would probably try to do the same thing that I did with, you know, my latest book is find those, you know, groups of readers who are really into that kind of genre and, you know, connect with them um, mm -hmm. and kind of see where that takes me. That's what I've done with this one and it's worked so far. So hopefully that's what I'll do with the next one. And it'll be interesting to see the, the differences. Cause like you said, uh, jumping genres means, you know, some things maybe may work differently with this audience who can predict, right? That's the fun. Yeah. That's the fun, but that's also the struggle, right? Sometimes. <laughs> like what, what would, what would scare you most right now about your writing journey? Sometimes I feel like I can't believe I put all that out there. <laughs> and I think a lot of writers can agree with that, right? Like you get really excited to share what you wrote, but then you also get really scared to share what you wrote. Mm -hmm. And like, of course, being an author, you definitely have to have tough skin mm -hmm. um, in terms of like getting reviews and feedback and stuff. So. Of course, that's never a fun part of it, but um, you kind of learn. You learn to deal with it. You learn to move on from it. And uh, sometimes it is good criticism. Sometimes it is good stuff to like keep in mind for the future projects. Right. Um, so even though that part can be scary at times, it, it's part of it. It's part of the journey, and it's something that you have to handle and you know learn from. So 
just really putting it out there. And if I get negative feedback, it is what it is and I can move on from it too. So because it's so personal for you, do you feel like it's a little bit scarier because it's your family's story? Yeah, I do. I feel like that, but then I'm also really proud of it at the same time. So I understand that this story is not going to be for everybody. Um, for whatever reason, they might, you know, a reader just really won't be into it. And that's perfectly fine. I have to keep that in mind for myself too. And I think other authors have to try to keep that in mind too, that, you know, not every story is for everybody and that's fine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's so interesting because you had, you know, this great feedback from readers, but it's still, you're still like, uh, hope nothing negative comes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I don't think anybody wants that part of it, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it, it's like, it's also a bit humbling to hear, you know, if there's any negative feedback too. Um, just to keep, it, it helps remind me too that like, not everybody is going to like everything that I do. Um, there are some people who love it. There are some people who think it's mediocre. Um, there's just like a wide range of it and that's fine. And, you know, it's not ever going to stop me, I think, from doing what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And writing is what you love to do. Mm -hmm, for sure. <laughs> and so outside of Facebook, are there other other parts of marketing that you focus on? Um. <laughs> Recently, I joined TikTok, so that's something new. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Talking yeah, about putting yourself something. out there. <laughs> yeah, except I played around with it a little bit. I'm totally not the type of person who's going to, you know, make dance videos or anything like that. Um, so what I've actually started doing is just posting little poems that I wrote um, because, yeah, I, I scroll through TikTok all the time and I'm entertained by some of these really funny videos that people make, but that's just not me. Like I can't do that myself. <laughs> um, but what I can do is write, right? So I started posting some little, um, just a couple seconds of some writing that I do. And, um, you know, people have been seeing it. So I've only started this in the past week or so, <laughs> oh, okay. but I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Right. Um, just because it is a little bit of a different approach to like, TikTok itself. Um, it's not humorous. It is more serious, mm -hmm. uh, but it is, you know, aspects of writing that I enjoy doing. So I'm going to, I'm curious to see what happens. How old is your, your daughter? I have a son. He's oh, three. Your son. Your son. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, he's three. Oh yeah. So, yeah. He's three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's still pretty, pretty young. How is balancing writing and taking care of a three-year-old? So for the most part, I do my writing when he's sleeping. <laughs> um, you know, when he's taking a nap or when he goes to bed at night, that's when I can really focus on it. I've tried here and there to do it while he's like playing, but it just, it doesn't work for either of us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's just definitely something that I had to find the balance with. Some days it's easier than others. Um, but now that he's getting a little bit older and he's more independent, I'm able to do a little bit more of that. And did you write the, the Home in 100 Places? Like just during nap times? Yeah, I did. Just during nap time and when he went to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> during the pandemic. So we were all home 
nowhere to go. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I tried writing at night and I just could never do it. But did you find it was something you look forward to? The nighttime writing is still a little bit of a struggle for me because at that point I just want to watch TV and zone out. Yeah. Um, so occasionally I will like force myself, but I do most of the better part of my writing during nap time. Mm. Um, just because it's earlier in the day and I still have like my energy. Um, but yeah, at night is definitely, once I get in the zone, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just actually sitting down at the computer and getting started that I can struggle with a little bit because I just want to lay down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I always mm-hmm. like thought in theory I could do it. I think because I read somewhere that Stephanie Seymour, who wrote the Twilight series, mm-hmm. did all of her writing at night. It's like, if she can do it, she has like a million <laughs> kids. I can do it. And I'm like, nope, yeah. no, I cannot. <laughs> I feel like for me, at least, I would much rather wake up and start writing immediately. I'm totally like that type of morning person. Yes. Um, and that's when I think I have the most, obviously I have the most energy at that point. And I like to get things done like early in the morning. Yeah. Um, so if it's like I'm waiting until nighttime, by then I'm like, no, I can't do it. Never mind. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's impressive. So you wrote that book during nap times primarily. And how long did it take you then? About six months, which what? was pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Okay. This yeah. is amazing right now. So you <laughs> wrote the whole book. I mean, any mom that says they don't have time to write, like, I think we just need to play them this little segment <laughs> right here. Yeah, I mean, luckily for me, for writing that book, of course, I knew exactly what was going to happen because it's my dad's story. So it wasn't in like in terms of like creating the idea of it, it was already there. Um, And then I added some fictional parts to it and stuff. But um, sometimes when I'm writing other things, I spend a lot of time thinking about what's going to happen next. But this one was not the case. So that definitely helped speed up the process. Um, and I think because I was so emotionally like invested in it, um, because it is my family's story that it became a lot easier to write. So that also, you know, made it quicker to write too. Okay. So how's your next one going then during nap times, the the psychological thriller, since it obviously doesn't have the preset dad's life. Yeah. Um, so that one. I took, I started that a while ago, actually, and I took a long break from it. Yeah. I, I probably started that like four or five years ago and then I just stopped. <laughs> I, I like got into a part where I like couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with it and got like into a funk. So mm. now that I'm like revisiting it, it's helped that I took a break from it because it's kind of like fresh to me again. Mm. So I'm able to kind of like, really get back into it and change things and make it better. So sometimes it's good to take a break from things. If you, f- if you feel like you're getting stuck and you don't want to force it anymore. Yeah, totally. Are you making the same progress? I mean, the first one, I'm just like still blown away by six months in, <laughs> in nap times. Do you think this yeah. one will be done over the course of six months during nap times? Yeah, I think for sure. I think if I like really dedicate it, dedicate myself to it, Hmm. it can be done like that again. 
Yeah. Okay. But but good. now I'm also like splitting my time with like marketing other things. So I'm not like constantly just writing. Um, but if I was, I think I would be able to. So for other people who are, you know, thinking that they might not have enough time to write or life is just too crazy, it could just help just to try it out for like five minutes a day. You know, I think everybody can find that, I think, five minutes a day to do something for themselves, no matter how like busy you are. So um, from there, it could turn into 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. And then it just builds up into something bigger and you get into the habit of doing it and it becomes just something really enjoyable that you do. Totally. You know, mm -hmm. I just heard this writing coach, Becca Stein, say that one challenge that she sees in her many clients is, I think she describes it as stuck action. And so her, her remedy is just opening the manuscript. That's all you have to do for like a week. Just open the manuscript to get past mm -hmm. that like stuck block. Yeah, sometimes I do that and I say, okay, let me just write one page. <laughs> I'll be happy with one page. And then a lot of the times it ends up being a lot more than one page. We've also gotten into a good routine that like, I know the second that he goes to take a nap, let me open my computer, let mm -hmm. me get something going. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't that day, it doesn't. And that's fine. But it's just like the fact of like showing up, you know, yeah. every day or almost every day. I've, I've told myself like, I would work like as if this was, I was going to an office at a job Monday through Friday. I'll do it Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Weekends, I'll take a break because everybody needs a little break and then I'll go back to it on Monday. So that's yeah. kind of the schedule I've made for myself. Setting up the habit and just showing up is so important. What if, yep, what if, because if you don't, if you don't show up, it's not going to happen, right? Exactly. So, yeah. This is something I've also heard is like having the restricted time is good for your writing that the worst thing is to have unlimited time yeah this is from another writing coach actually mm -hmm. and so i was just thinking about your situation like having that nap time I, do you think that it's actually like helping you fuel your writing because you know okay this is it i have two hours <laughs> i have one hour because he's do you think that helps your writing yeah i actually never thought about that until you said that but I think that is definitely the case um, because I've had some a few days here and there where like he's off doing something with my husband and I have a lot more time and that's when I get stuck like you know procrastinating or scrolling through social media and then I end up not writing anything but yeah it's true I think it definitely is true that because I know you know from like 1 to 2 or 1 to 2 30 that's my time I'll try to pack it in with as much as I can do. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And then you have that, that habit. So no matter what happens, I mean, obviously the nap, they change as kids grow, but it's mm -hmm. kind of cool that like, no matter what, now you've developed that like atomic habit. Yeah, I definitely did. It's, it's definitely like, if I miss a day during the week, for whatever reason, I feel like it's a little something's a little off. <laughs> and I need to get back to it. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. know that feeling. I'm just like, it's like you're hangry, but it's like writing hungry instead. <laughs> writing hangry. <laughs> yeah. We need yeah. a word for that. Rangry. <laughs> Rangry. No. Yeah, that does not roll off the tongue mm -hmm. quite so much. Okay, so my last question, which was, what would be your advice for Sarah of, let's say, uh, right before, because you said one of the big transitions was um, getting married and 
Um, what would be your advice to that, Sarah, right before you got married? I think at that point, I would remind myself to keep writing as much as I could. Um, there was definitely a period of time because we got married, we moved across the country. There was just so many things happening that like, I really definitely did push writing to the side. I would, I would write just, you know, more when like a random thing popped into my head, but I wouldn't like tell myself, sit down and write something. So I feel like there was definitely a time there where I could have done more. Instead, I kind of like ignored it mm. or yeah, pushed. I said, oh, there's so, um, so many other things that I have to do first. But now that I'm prioritizing writing more, I see that I can do other things at the same time too and still do my writing. So yeah, definitely just making sure that you spend however much time you have available in the day to like do writing because it's something for me, for other writers, it's enjoyable. No matter what it is, we write because we like to. Um, so never really like losing sight of that part. And I, I love that abundance mindset, like that you will they will find the time, like there will be time for the other things too. It's not one thing or the other. Just getting past that block, I think is huge for a lot of people. Yeah, because if you tell yourself you don't have enough time, then you're not going to have enough time. Mm -hmm. If you tell yourself you have five minutes, then you're going to have five minutes. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's perfect. I like that. <laughs> That's just it right there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great talk with you. And where can people get in touch with you? So um, you could check out my website. It's sarahdianemuller.com. And then um, on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, now TikTok, Pinterest. <laughs> um, it's all my full name, Sarah Diane Mueller. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, look at your book and identify some Facebook groups that would be relevant to the topics and the format of your book. Join them, participate, be authentic. Number two, when it comes to social media, remember you can find a way to express yourself and create your brand in a way that works for you, such as Sarah's example of creating poems on TikTok. Number three, believe it or not, Sarah is definitely proof of this. You can write a book during nap time in only six months. Number four, sometimes it can be good to take a little bit of a break from a particular project, but don't abandon them for too long. Keep showing up because you never know where that next writing session might take you. And number five, if one of your limiting beliefs is that you don't have enough time, remember that actually time constraints can be a good thing because they force you to really focus during the time that you do have. I will include links to Sarah's book and her website in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. If you can take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would mean so much to me. The next episode will be dropping on Boxing Day. So wishing you all a Merry Christmas and I hope you have a restful and rejuvenating break with your families. Merry Christmas.